and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line, L.A. Anthony. It's Anthony Chang, uh, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald on the West Coast. What's going on, Anthony? Uh, I'm in L.A., but still the same Anthony with my Cuban... Uh, oh, there you go. Nature there, a little Is Cuban that you, you found a little Cuban coffee spot uh, yeah. in your hotel? Yeah, since I've been coming to L.A. now for the last four or five years, I found right. a Cuban restaurant that's fairly close that I, I like to go to when I'm here. So um, my second time, oh, I actually didn't go. I actually ordered it this time, but not, yesterday I did go. So I always make a trip there. How does it hold up? How does it compare? Um, the food is the food is good. Food is really good. I think it compares to Miami food. Um, and it is like pretty authentic, but the coffee. Not as good. No, and I've, I've tried to like talk to them about like the differences and they're like, oh, really? You drink it with sugar over there? It's like. Oh wow! It's like, the, the, it's the, like the, yeah, it's like the LA version of Cuban coffee. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, we are back after first episode of the new year after the uh, holiday break. Um, Heat playing some of their best ball of the year, maybe just straight up their best ball of the year. One, uh, we're recording this Wednesday evening uh, on the East Coast, Wednesday afternoon out on the West Coast. Heat plays uh, the Lakers tonight as part of a, a two-game swing through LA. Uh, no LeBron, no AD tonight, so. If it's a loss, it'll probably be a pretty pretty bad one for the Heat. <laughs> yeah, um, so. even up even a road game, but whatever. Um, nonetheless, like I said, they've won eight of eleven, uh, four of five since Christmas, uh, including some good wins. Um, you know, Clippers on Monday night, uh, Jazz with the Tyler Hero buzzer beater. Um, probably the most exciting win of the year for the Heat. Um, and even you know even the one loss in this stretch, five point loss at Denver, who who might be the best team in the league right now, is. Not too shabby either. Um, but the injuries, which has been such a big story for the team, a couple more blows coming this week. Not huge marquee guys. Like, obviously, uh, the the story, the biggest story for the Heat has just been Jimmy Butler's availability. That kind of determines everything with these guys. But uh, today, news breaks, uh, Duncan Robinson having surgery on uh, his finger, right? Which finger is it? Something on his shooting hand, right? The right middle finger. Right middle right finger, middle finger, which... Yeah. Obviously important to shoot with. Sure. Uh, yeah. He'll miss about a month. Uh, Nikola Jovic, uh, was that yesterday that um, yeah. it got announced? He's having he's going to be out uh, about a month as well. Um, all you know, we were we've talked so much about the depth this use this team has, and this is a little different because these guys are when all is going right, um, not rotation guys are very back. You know, Duncan obviously is kind of in and out of the rotation. Um, and had been playing actually pretty well lately, I thought. Um, but just more more blows to the depth where all of a sudden we're we're back to the point with this Heat team where it's like one more of these injuries and all of a sudden like you feel really thin, which you know not concerning right now, but um, it could get there. And considering how this season has gone, like sure, we're, yeah. we're, we're anticipating the worst. I think most Heat fans are like, here we go again a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's just. The way things have been going, like you, you can't afford these extended absences because you need all the depth you could get. Yeah. With like you know, Victor Oladipo still hasn't played a back-to-back, full back-to-back right. yet. Jimmy's missed, you know, back-to-backs last month. The good thing for the Heat is they don't have a back back-to-back till February, so that's a yeah, good. Yeah, they've thing actually for them, had a I couple two-day. I mean, it's Christmas time. Yeah. Like this time of year, always is a little bit more rest built in. But right. they have had some, you know, two days off around Christmas, a couple of days off. Um, I think there was another game here where they had yeah. like two days off. There was game. like a stretch of where they had like two games in like nine days or something. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they're pretty much going to start every game this month with 13 guys available at most. Yeah, right? and, and one usually, of them is Udonis Haslam. One of them is Udonis, two of them are two-way guys, and usually one of those 13 probably is going to be out, right? That's just like the way the season has gone. Yeah, I mean, last week we were, we were kind out. of excited about the possibility of them maybe being able to give Deadman some rest, and all of a sudden now he's going to be a, you know, we, he's had that foot issue all year long. Yeah. You're hoping at some point here maybe he could get two weeks off to let it rest. Probably not going to be super likely anymore. I mean, Orlando Robbins hasn't playing well in his play. Yeah, so that's so the thing, I guess. Still, yeah, but but in general, like, Max Schroes gets hurt or, bam, God forbid, gets hurt or uh, any depth player gets hurt. Victor Oladipo can't play because he's, you know, part of his maintenance plan. You're, you're really thin at this mm-hmm. point. So that's going to be the struggle. I mean, they already have they have one open spot in the 15-man roster, but just like we've talked about all season, they've been hesitant to fill that spot because of the luxury tax. Um, 10-day contracts are allowed to be signed starting on Thursday. But you sign a 10-day, that takes away from the money you have between the tax that you then you can't you have to wait even longer to sign a guy in March, right? So you don't you really don't want to do that. You want to probably wait until March if you can when you can sign a guy for the rest of the season, then have him eligible for the playoffs cuz you sign him for the, through the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And you're not still not going into the tax. So I think for now, the Heat are probably going to just try to push through with what they have. Um, and knock on wood that there are no more injuries because they really can't afford um, that many more because they're you know they're getting pretty thin. Yeah, like we said, it, it's more a you know everyone's always thinking two moves ahead, and and that that that's the point the Heat is in right now, right? Where yeah. right now not crippling, but um, you know there could it's it's very easy to envision a game. Um, like you said, they have no back to backs for a. Yeah, that's very hard. Literally not for the rest yeah. of the month, actually. No, no they don't have it. They don't have one until like February 10th, I think, is when it is. So yeah, 10th and 11th. That so would they be very helpful. You could have very easily seen a situation yeah. where, like, let's say they had a back. You know, they played Milwaukee twice in three days in Miami. Like, if if that had been a back to back instead of a uh, two and three days, like, you could have easily seen a scenario where the Heat goes into a game with like eight guys, right? Just because, like, yeah. oh, Tebow gets a night off, Jimmy, whatever, his random night off, um, someone's sick, like it. Forch, the, the, it's a, not the worst time in the schedule for the Heat to be dealing with some of this, but, you know, just just be aware that, like, at some point here, like, we might have one of those games where it's nine Heat guys available again. Like, like yeah. we were seeing it pop up all the time throughout, like, what, November, December, basically. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to know, too, Duncan actually injured the finger on November 18th before the Heat's game in Washington against the Wizards. They were, uh, I think it was right before shoot-around, he was playing two-on-two. Hurt his hand. He missed that game because of a sprained hand, I think it was listed as. Mm-hmm. Came back the next game. Has played through it pretty much for the last month and a half. Um, but he told us today, he was at shoot-around today in L.A. before he got the surgery this afternoon. He said that it just got to a point where it wasn't getting better. He was changing the way he had to shoot the ball, even though he was shooting the ball pretty well. I think Coop, Cooper Moorhead, sweetie, has been shooting uh, not 35% from three since that injury, which like yeah. obviously is not... What it's not Duncan's standards, do, but it's yeah, pretty, still pretty better good. than he was. Duncan, it still was better than he was shooting before the injury, right? But yeah, he just said he said he felt like he was needing to change the way he shot the ball, which is obviously not a good thing, and he he, he noted that. He got a second opinion in LA on Tuesday. Actually, this all happened really quickly. Like on Tuesdays, yeah. we got a second opinion. And they said probably need to get the surgery. It's never going to get better unless you get it, and it's always going to feel. It's never going to function the same. What you know, the same way until you get the surgery. So. 
four week recovery timeline, I think. So, you know, the hope is he'll be back next month. Um, and then he should be good for the rest of the year. So I think that was kind of why the decision was made to go and do it right now. Um, but yeah, he has been playing through the injury for the last two months, um, which we knew it happened, but we didn't know that it was lingering uh, in this way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that to me, that's the one that uh, could, you know, because he, again, every once in a while you get one of those Duncan games, like they'll, they'll miss him a little bit, right? Because yeah, his three like, point volume is like, three point, have, yeah, like there's truth pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll miss him. Um, you know, it won't, won't be felt like every night because there are a lot of nights when he's just a non factor, but um, they'll, they'll feel his absence, I think, for sure. Um, but again, like, the, the bigger picture here is the Heat are finally playing well, and you know these are the kind of injuries that can pile up. But for now, I, I don't think it's enough to disrupt what the Heat has going. Where, um, you know, we again we we talk about it every week the the back and forth nature of this season. But um, it, honestly, really, like it does feel like they've finally turned a corner for the, like really the first time all year, where um, sustained good performances, the best guys playing really well. Um, and, you know, like kind of have a rotation figured out and which is part of why these are not super crippling injuries, because these are, you know, they've, they've got kind of got to rotate a tight rotation figured out here where, yeah. um, guys like Orlando Robinson, as you mentioned, have emerged and, and I, don't know, I just, I kind of feel like they figured out it's a bummer and definitely a bummer for Duncan, who's, you know, obviously has had a rocky couple of years here. Um, but um, for the Heat, it should not be the kind of thing that, that disrupts what they have going, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this probably uh, doesn't make it impossible to trade Duncan if that's what they were looking to do. But it probably makes it more likely that he ends the season here, right? Because of the injury. He'll be, he could yeah, be back so by February let's say he's out month. exactly yeah. a month. He's back February 4th, basically, which we're talking now. Um, what's the trade deadline this year? February 9th. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be so tough. it's gonna be close. I mean, it could still happen, but it makes it more likely, I would say, that Duncan probably ends the season here. Yeah, especially um, so. Yeah, the thing with the Duncan trade, and we shouldn't get too derailed here. We obviously have plenty of time to talk about trade possibilities when we get close to the trade deadline. Is the Duncan the appeal of Duncan is he's not salary filler. He's a, a valuable player. You know, obviously the Heat he's a little redundant with what they found with Struess and just that he prioritizes different things. But he's valuable, and you know, I, I think it's hard to sell that value, obviously, when he's coming off uh, an injury like that. Yeah, um, but to your point about the Heat playing better lately, yeah, I mean, they've won 8 of 11. Their schedule hasn't exactly been tough, right? Like, they have wins against Indy, OKC, Houston, San Antonio, Minnesota, Lakers, Utah, the, the Clippers um, without Kawhi, like... It hasn't been a super tough schedule, but there's something to be said about winning the games you should, right? And mm-hmm. we weren't doing that early in the year. Um, and if you look at the numbers, like they're going about it a little differently than they did last year, but they're still getting back to that formula that worked last season where I think since December 1st, or actually in these last 11 games, eight and three stretch, they have the fourth best defense, I think the 17th best offense, which is kind of like that we're talking about. That's, what, that's what they need to be. That's, that's what, what they need to be. be. The offense, obviously, they would like to be better than 17. But if you're around average, um, a little bit above average, and you have a top five defense, you're going to be a true contender. Um, I know there seems to be a pretty big gap between Boston, Milwaukee, and I guess even Brooklyn right now from everybody else in the East. But if the Heat can continue playing at this pace, their defense can continue 
to be a top five unit and their offense can continue to trend in the positive direction, they're gonna they're gonna go on a good stretch here and they probably will move up in the standings to like that four or five range. Yeah. Uh, like we've talked about. Yeah, already up to seventh, one game out of sixth and three out of fifth. So like it's as we've said, they've they've been close all year. There's a lot of uh, a lot of mid in the Eastern Conference, as, as the kids would say. Um, but the Heat have a chance, I think, to like we've said a lot, to be the the top of that next tier and the top of the mid. Yeah. The top of the mid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they're getting healthier, right? Like, yeah, the, I mean, that's the big thing. Playing, that's so the that was the thing. thing. It was, it was, um, you know, it's different than like some of these, you know, like some of these other some teams that. I think can use injuries as an excuse to like ignore flaws and right. the heat have flaws, obviously, but like, I think like the Miami hurricanes, the football team and like the way that like, they kind of were just like, yeah, if we had Tyler, we would have been fine, but like, probably not. Yeah. Like no. you, really, you look pretty terrible when Tyler Van Dyke was in too. You lost yeah. to middle Tennessee with Tyler Van Dyke. Um, the heat, I think there was a little bit more justification that where it's just like, if these guys are healthy, um, they're actually good because the numbers actually bear that out when the starting, when the, you know, the starting lineup has all played. I mean, it's one of the better starting lineups right in the East. Um, and when Jimmy Tyler and Bam are all available at the same time, this team is good. Like they're not incredible, but they're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you just look at the core, right. Of uh, I'm trying to find it here. The hero, Jimmy Bam trio. Um, it's like it's a legit elite trio. When those yeah. three on the court together, they're outscoring teams by 11 points per 100 possessions, which is obviously very, very good. So yeah. the best players are available. This team is the good. The Heat are a very good team. It's the problem is they haven't yeah. been available that much yeah. together. So yeah, are they Boston or Brooklyn or Milwaukee? Maybe not. But right. They're really good. They're probably the fourth best. I mean, I know Cleveland's been playing well. I know they've had a little bit of a slide here lately, but they still have a good team as well. But I would say the Heat. Yeah, they're in that. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels time. it feels like them, Cleveland, Philly are the next yeah. group, right? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I think if the Heat can avoid injury, um, we've seen encouraging things from Tyler. I mean, Tyler's having the best season of his career, right? Um, offensively, he looks like a top 20 player offensively, mm-hmm. right? I, I, think, I don't think you can even argue that at this point. And then Bam is playing – Definitely like an all-star. I mean, I'd be yeah. shocked at this point if he's not an all-star. He might make All-NBA this year for the first time in his in his career. We can get to that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's, I think, going to be our next topic. So Yeah, like, and he, you know, just what he's doing offensively consistently, um, which, you know, is what everybody wanted to see for the last four, few years of, like, just this consistently aggressive and assertive ban. Um, we've seen it now for pretty much the last month or so. Um, so, you know, you're seeing really encouraging things from your two young stars, which... Um, continues to be a big positive for this team. Before we move on to Bam, should we talk about the hero game winner, which is uh, one of the moments of the year so far for this team, yeah. right? In Utah, New Year's Eve. It happened uh, last year, though. That's true. You're right. With, with two minutes left in the year. Well, snuck in one of the best plays snuck of the year for yeah. the Heat, right? Literally right yeah. before the buzzer. Right there, before, yeah. I guess on the East Coast, that game finished. It was a 9 o'clock tip, right? So it finished like yeah, a it was like 11:48 or something, or something yeah. and then like I finished takeaways like two minutes before uh, before midnight. Before midnight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so really snuck it in under the buzzer. Um, yeah, just a good moment. Obviously the Jazz are um, pretty good. You know, I know they're not as good as they were at the beginning of the year, but not terrible. So 
Um, yeah, nice the, he, the Heat didn't have Jimmy. He didn't have Jimmy. Yeah, no Jimmy. Like, yeah. that's a pretty good road win. Yeah, and and yeah, Tyler is just um, third game winner this season. I think third game winning shot in the last hit in the last ten seconds of a game this year too. Um, I know he's missed a few as well, but he's clearly become him and Jimmy the go-to options in that situation. Um, and it's just that play shows you why. Just his creativity, just the ability to get that shot off, off coming yeah. off a of one leg, sprinting full court, get to that spot, get it off right before the buzzer. Um, I was talking to somebody with the Heat a few days ago about the shot, and they were just like, "That's what makes like, that's what makes a special offensive player. Like just that, that type of shot, just being able to get that shot off." Um, I think it was one of the most impressive things. Um, and obviously it went in, thankfully for the Heat, because that would have been a rough way to start the trip, right? You lose against Denver. I think yeah. they were winning by like seven or eight points in that game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Utah came back uh, at the end. And if we would have lost that one, it would have been a rough start. But that, you know, to win that game and then add to that with the win against the Clippers, you know, the trip is going so far. I know we were recording this before the Lakers game. It's been a good trip so far for the Heat. All right, we wanted to wrap up by talking about Bam, um, who has been a regular topic of this. The Bams—I don't know what we want to call this—this this, this run that Bam is on, where we're at the point kind of where it's not a hot streak anymore. It's just this is Bam now, um, because he, for the last uh, two months, three months almost now, I, I don't know, like when. I guess it was when Jimmy—it was the kind of that road trip, right? The, I mean, there was a bad road trip, right, where mm-hmm. Jimmy was out. Um, and Bam had a couple really, really good performances, um, and he has just kept it up. Um, Anthony, what is – you wrote about it today. I think it was today. Um, yeah. Today? This morning? Yesterday? I don't remember. Yesterday. Morning. Yesterday. Yeah. 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 Uh, you wrote about Bam and, and the way that he is just playing aggressive, which is the thing people have wanted for years. Um what 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 has changed this year for Bam? Why is this now? Why is Bam now the Bam that people always hoped he was going to be? Well, I think he listened to his team. He said it this offseason, right? The players, coaches have been telling him, "We want you to be more aggressive, take a bigger, take a bigger role right. in the offense." It's not just he fans wise. on Twitter. No, it's the team. Like they they're trying to empower him to take on this role, and he's obviously listened. Um, and I think think it's like. He just seems so much more sure of himself. He he makes really, really smart reads. Um, and Eric Spolscher kind of said this after the last game as the Clippers. He said, I think what he's doing now probably better than he ever has in his career. He's reading the defense and what's called for in each possession. And he's also just getting, he's just so good at getting to his spots, no matter what it is. Like the Clippers had Zubac on, Zubac on him for most of the game, mm-hmm. playing drop. Uh, Bam would just dribble into that in-the-paint jumper that he's kind of made his trademark shot. Yep. Um, and then they Clippers tried to go small with like Marcus Morris or Batum on him, um, and you know they, he would just isolate against those guys in the post and and you know take advantage of that size advantage and take advantage of the size mismatch. Um, so he's just no matter what you throw at him, pretty much he has an answer. Um, and it's, that's you know, a lot of work behind the scenes to develop the, that type of offense of game, um, but also just kind of going through those rough experiences he went through whether it was in the Bucs series two years ago or the playoffs last year when there were a lot of games where he was pretty quiet. Um, I think he's found, like just watching the film, he's found different solutions to, to different ways teams are playing him. Um, and also just the fact, like, last game as the Clippers, I think 18 of his 19 shots were in the paint. 
that's huge. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah, like, the last few years, it's been, like, a lot of bad mid-range jumpers outside the paint or on the baseline. Like, no, this year, he's getting to the paint. A lot of them are little, in, those in-between shots. Yeah, which he's, but at he's the rim, good at those. But he's good at those. And I think that's another big part of kind of the, the big improvement we've seen uh, so far from him this season. Yeah, we should say, like, I know some of it is just mentality, like, all right, just get to the paint. But, like, it's hard to get to the paint. So he's, he's just getting, yeah. he's improving. Like, his handle is probably a little tighter, you know, like subtle mm-hmm. stuff. Like, he, his handle's a little tighter. He feels really good about that, like, short jumper floater. I don't know what we call that shot. But, um, like you said, it's his signature move, and he feels like he can make it every time. Um, and, yeah, it's it's it, – and it kind of, I think, it works better in the flow of the offense where those elbow jumpers – like, the way those shots work is naturally just, like, things freeze, right? Like, you're, you're not in – motion when that shot happens right it's those even those like pull-ups in the in the paint those are coming off a dribble pull up take it right up right those those and i think it just it benefits the whole team obviously the gravity that he creates just by going to the rim benefits everyone but i think just that constant motion um is obviously that's like what the heat wants too yeah and i think the pick and roll game now with tyler has been so good yes and that is of, that has been a that's really helped him a lot. Wrinkle. yes yeah that's helped him get a lot of shots in the paint because Tyler's, Tyler's gotten a lot better as the ball handler and pick and rolls of kind of like pacing himself, kind of slowing himself down to kind of draw the extra defender, open up some space for Bam in the paint. So I think Bam has benefited from that as well. But just in general, yeah, Bam is just this is who this is who everybody wanted to be. Right? I know. And, and I think we forget that he's still what I think he's like 24, 25 right now still. Um, he's still a young player. I think we can finally say now that he's entering his prime. I would say right like yeah. Seems like right now like finally like the the physical part of the game is kind of like now he has the the mental aspect of it as well. Like they're kind of uh, coming together and that's what we're seeing this season. Um, and I think that's it's almost like the definition of entering your prime when those two yeah, aspects kind of come together. Yeah. So um, your skills, your athleticism and your yeah. brain are all IQ, right. at that it comes certain at that point. level. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're starting to see that with Bam, which um, again, and we've even through all the losses, you and I kept saying like the, there was still one huge positive through all the losses. Tyler and Bam looked great. Yeah. Right. And, and the, you mentioned the pick and roll. It's interesting because the Heat are like kind of famously like one of the least pick and roll yeah. heavy teams in the NBA. Um, and we've seen it more this year though with Bam, I think. Yeah, and they, I think it's you know it's a pre- it like it's obvious, but like play to your player's strengths, and it's obviously a strength for Tyler Hero and Bam that they've like figured it out. And when you think about the long term outlook of this team, like that's pretty good if you have two guys. You know, there's nothing worse than having two star level players can work together have like no chemistry right like how often do you see that in the nba that's how promising cores fall apart in the nba um the heat do certainly do not have that issue with those two and especially when you think of like um you know i mean i think like the portland guards right like what their their fatal flaw was not that they couldn't play together it was that they're both fantastic offensive players and uh terrible defensive players uh damian lillard and uh tj mccollum Bam and Tyler compliment each other there too, where Bam's obviously a defensive player of the year caliber player. And Tyler Hero, like you said, you know, he's probably not a top 20 player in the NBA right now, but he's a top 20 offensive player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and, even, and credit to Tyler as well. Like I know there was questions about the contract he just got from the Heat, that extension. Um, he's living up to that deal so far. Yeah. Uh, he, he has been 
awesome. Yeah, he's not the best defender in the NBA, but he's I think he's made progress on that end of the court. You look at the on-off numbers, usually the Heat's best lineups have Tyler in them mm-hmm. um, because of what he does offensively and the space he creates. And you know, now he's you know he's averaging like five rebounds a game, I think. He's getting five assists a game. Um, like just his all-around offensive um, package has, has grow, continues to grow. Um, and he is, you know, Jimmy's awesome, and he's, Jimmy's still the best player on the team when he's healthy. But Tyler is your probably definitely your most natural scorer and gifted yeah, scorer. Yeah, we said it a lot. And yeah, at, yeah at, at all three levels. So um, just really, really encouraging things from Bam and Tyler. Yeah, and he's better than ever at it too, Tyler. Yeah, for sure. Like just sure. efficient efficiency. He always had like he could make the spectacular layup. He could make the really deep three. He could hit mid range. Um, not as well as Jimmy. Although we should probably say Jimmy's one of the best mid range guys in the league. Um, but now he's doing just all of that more consistently and. Um, and the Bam Tyler component of it obviously has been very beneficial to both of them. Do you, I mean, you you've seen the way this offense over years and years has changed and, and stuff. Is that is, has that just been a natural evolution? Do you think it's something Spo realized like that was kind of because like we said this is it's not been the team's identity to run a ton of pick and roll. And obviously they're still not just it's not just all pick and roll. But is that just the natural evolution of offense that you've seen with the Heat here, where it's these two guys have figured it out and you just let them run it more and more. I think if you want Bam to be a bigger part of the offense, um, yeah, that's a good that, point. That's a that's a that's a big part of it, right? Like just running more pick and rolls for him, get him downhill, as opposed to all the dribble handoffs he used to run two or three years ago. We right. had him on the so perimeter, just out of like a facilitator, basically. Yeah, it was a facilitator. It was that put him in a more facilitating role. So I think that switch. They still run dribble handoffs with him sometimes and other guys. Like it's still a big part of their offense, but just running more pick and rolls with Bam puts him in better positions to be aggressive yeah and you know he no one's posting up so yeah it's it's definitely the best way yeah. to involve a center like him uh, sure. in the modern nba yeah um all right anything else you got before we uh, wrap it up i know you gotta get to the arena in a little bit here so um yeah i mean i was gonna say i think i think my bold predict my bold take i guess and it's not really that bold at this point bam on a bio is gonna be an all nba oh yeah that's what we want to talk about so the center yeah, all nba, all NBA center spot we assume Jokic is going to be first team all nba right and they can mm-hmm. stick Giannis as the as a forward on first team all nba second team all nba is going Embiid. to be joel Embiid. Embiid. right almost certainly. after that i just don't see anybody that you could argue is better than bam at that position i know rudy gobert is on the third team slot a few he's not times. getting it this year carl anthony towns got it last year He's missed some time this year. Timberwolves have kind of underachieved. I think Bam has been a better overall player than Carl Anthony Towns this season. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, um, Aiden maybe. Aiden is a center that's that's talented and gifted, but I still yeah. think Bam is is better um, at this point. So I really think like Bam is on track right now to make an All NBA team for the first time in his career. I don't stiffest, think that's that crazy. His stiffest competition might be Sabonis. I guess. I, I would take him over Sabonis. I'm just. I'm Jared, not saying he's the. I'm, I'm yeah. trying to like just pull up some stats. Jared, Jared Allen. Jared, Jared, Jared Allen's a good center, Cleveland. But again, I just think Bam. Yeah, better. Anthony Davis is probably just not going to play enough, yeah. right? Um, Siakam started hot, but. 
that that team's disappointing. Is he even a, and he's not even he's, and he's even a center, right? Yeah. Zion is again probably more of a power forward and hurt now gonna miss a month here. Um yeah, I mean it Yoke I mean Giannis is really a center, but you you can definitely fudge it and stick him with power forward. But uh I, I think yeah, like certainly he is to me he'd be the, the pick right now. It's yeah. Him, Sabonis, Porzingis is having a good year, but you're not gonna give it to Porzingis. Um so yeah, I mean it, it's dessert. obviously we've talked in the Lori Markinen maybe show. yeah Lori but they've fallen off too but, right like yeah. even if the Jazz like stayed out of the play-in right if they were a top six seed maybe you give him but um I just think it's like even the last few years he got he had a few All NBA votes because yeah. yes offensively he wasn't as good as some guys last last few years this year he's better offensively he's putting together all these thirty point games but just what he does defensively right. this is yeah, a two way so guy it'll be that's, funny because we I mean we've talked about you know, you I can't remember. Did you vote for him for defensive player of the year last year? I did. First, yeah, like yeah. obviously he's been snubbed a couple times from like some all defense and defensive. He wasn't even what well, he wasn't even a finalist last year, right? For defensive player of the year. Yeah, I think he finished uh, like fourth, like yeah, outside like, of top three. Uh, he's been I'd say snubbed a couple times. Um, but it will be funny how fine like it's the old joke, right? Is that like defensive player of the year is kind of an offensive award? And obviously it wasn't last year with Marcus Smart, um, but. A lot of times it's like the best star who's uh, yeah. the best All-NBA guy, who's best defensive All-NBA guy. Um, it will be funny to see if he gets third-team All-NBA. Um, and once you join that club, you kind of like get grandfathered in and you get the benefit of the doubt going forward. Um, if that one day will finally translate into him uh, getting defensive over the hump and maybe winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um doesn't sound like this year it'll be the, happen, um, but right because they're not as good of a defensive team as they. Yeah, exactly. Get but but uh, at some point you gotta get you yeah. gotta score right like you, you gotta score a certain number of points to be counted as a defensive player of the year unless you play in Boston and then you get the Boston media <laughs> hyping you up. Boston, New York, right? I know New York really hasn't had any. Yeah, that's I guess in New York. Still, the same case. if there was a really good defender in New York, you'd get the same treatment. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I I, I really. I expect Bam at this point to make All NBA. He'll definitely make All Defense like he has the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, probably not Defensive Player of the Year because the team's defense isn't as good as it was last year. Um, but yeah, just like I don't think it's surprising that Bam is going to make All NBA because I think I both thought maybe at one point he would he would kind of get that. But um, to get I think going into last year, I, we both would have thought that last he yeah. was hurt. He missed so much time last year that it was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, think, going into I, last year, I think both of us felt like he was going to make third team All NBA. Probably again, it's always going to be right as long as Jokic and Embiid are around. It's going to sure. be tough to crack that top two. Um, but unless yeah, they that, get hurt or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, that that other spot is is definitely open. I mean, it, I, you think of some of the terrible centers who have made third team All yeah. NBA over the years. Um, it's obviously gotten better now because we've got this great influx of really talented centers. But like. It was like a DeAndre Jordan third team All NBA year. Like we've come a long way at the center position. Yeah, we have. You know, but but yes, that is my bold uh, prediction for this year. Just almost as bold as your Tyler Hero for six man of yeah. the year last season. I got it right. By the way, Victor Oladipo six man of the year. That's trending upward. I don't think it's gonna happen. Not gonna but happen. He's playing, but... he's playing very well. Good yeah. for Victor. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for Victor as a uh, a fellow uh, Marylander. Yeah, and that helps. That helps. That uh, that definitely helps their depth now, as they kind of are missing yeah. three guys to have Victor back and healthy. 
and consistently available, um, that's huge. Knock on wood that he stays healthy. Did you know Andre Drummond was third team All NBA one year? I remember when Andre Drummond was like the future of the position. I remember Stan. I remember think Stan Van Gundy took the Pistons job. I remember Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. His high school highlights were ridiculous. I was like, like so a, sure UConn was going to be like a juggernaut with him, and they were like, I don't even know if they made the tournament. His one year there, and then he barely went in the top ten. There were there were flashes though, even early on in his Pistons career. We were like, whoa, this guy's different. Like, yeah, but he's but he huge does. and he's skilled too. Like, yeah. the, he never the skill component never came never became part of his game in the NBA. Um, but yeah, he was, yeah. he was, I mean, he was the number one recruit in the country, like, but still yeah. third team all NBA one year, uh, Al Jefferson was third team all NBA one year with he the was, Charlotte Bobcats. He was, uh, his that was probably was a terrible amazing. team, I would guess. And he just put up like 29 a game or something. They played the heat in the playoffs. I think when they had Kemba and Al Jefferson was on that team and that this one was seven games. 20, I believe. This was back in 2014. Yeah. I think that might, that might have been, been that year actually. Yeah. Um, Clint Capella ever make one? Clint Capella did not. Surprising. I thought he would make one. Andrew Bogut, one year with the Bucks. I'm I'm back in like decades ago now. But, yeah, yeah. Um, there have been some there have been some rocky third team All NBA centers um over the years. Is is my larger point. Um, so Bam is Bam would not be uh the worst <laughs> the worst. Yeah, I mean the last the last I mean, the last he actually deserves it. The last run we had was like you said, Cat last year. Um, Gobert the year before, uh, Gobert the year before that, uh, Gobert had a long run. He had three, three years in a row. There was another cat year, maybe like year two for him or something. It feels like Bam could, it feels like Bam could be, it's pretty much been Gobert and Cat for the last like six, seven years. (laughs) Um, DeAndre Jordan year, like one of the good Lob City teams, he made it. Um, Oh no, it's like Demarcus Cousins made second team, and Andre Drummond one year. So it's been it's stabilized a little bit because of Gobert and Cat, but uh, there have been some some weird ones. And and Bam is a like worthy third best center in Definitely. the NBA, I think. And he needs to get it now before Wemby comes into the, That's into true. the league, and then he takes all the third team or That's first true. team actually. Yeah, he might get it next the, year just based off. Just as the, the hype around him. Yeah, I mean, he's ridiculous. Like, I mean, I'm not watching these full games, which I think are yeah. all available on League Pass, they are. right? But I just mean, the highlights. I like the, that like floater three that he just takes all the time is like ridiculous. I'm so interested to see how he translates to, translates to the NBA. But I'm yeah, I think I just thought about that now. But like, Bam needs to get it this get season. Get it this year. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Too, yeah. But. yeah. I mean, we got Chet Holmgren lingering around too, right? Obviously not playing this year. Yeah, we, I think we talked about it. It's hilarious that Chet was like the freakiest thing we've ever seen. And then Until not the even like, yeah. like yeah. literally like a month later, like after yeah. the draft when that, when the Diablo thing was like, oh, okay. Chet's old news. We've got this guy who's just as skinny and just as lanky and better. And more, even more skilled. It's just, yeah. it's crazy how the game is evolving. Like I remember when Giannis came in, it was like, and he's still a freak, but. He was like something we've never seen, something we've never seen before. I mean, now, Porzingis, like think I like Porzingis yeah. blew our minds that first year. Yeah, Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah, it's just the game is evolving to a point where like these seven footers are like more skilled than the guards. Like, Wayne Dedman, crazy. Canning yeah. threes sometimes. <laughs> Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> oh, Dwayne. Uh, all right, um, let's finish up there. Uh, thanks as always for listening. You can listen. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he is out on the West Coast. Um, 
bunch of big heat games coming up. A ton <laughs> of nationally televised games over the next uh, basically two, three weeks, which, uh, you know, good timing for the heat to showcase themselves in front of a national audience. Um, we were laughing. The, the TNT game is okay, heat. OKC somehow wound up as a TNT game uh, because those Turner guys want to, we're sure they want to get down to Miami in January. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, you know, I typically busy with football, but it might be coming to an end soon. So um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be around, hanging around the heat beat a little bit more uh, in the next David, here. If I would have told you a month and a half ago that the heat would be the only pro team in town with a winning record at this point, what would you have said? Be pretty crazy. It's just insane how the Heat yeah. always end up as like I know the gold after standard. everything. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. But yeah, yeah, we got good basketball in South Florida right now with the Heat turning. Yes, I, I love watching the UM team play. I think we talked about it on the show before. Yeah, they're so. they're fun. They're they, fun. they play tonight too at Georgia Tech. So um, up to number twelve in the country. I I mean I know the the Shane Larkin team got high. I think got ranked higher. Right, they won the ACC that year. But like yeah, that that number twelve like that's a that's a pretty good number to see sit next to UM. Definitely, definitely. They have a, they have the ability to even move into the top ten, probably, right? They they have some winnable games coming up. Yeah, still, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, they can beat number ten in a matter of weeks. No, yeah, well, they, they get to weeks. they get to beat up on Syracuse in a few weeks here. <laughs> Martin Luther King Day. I will, I will be you. in the building. Yeah, sadly watch, for you. But. Watch Syracuse get up pummeled by Miami. Yeah, it's on. Um, uh, no Heat players have been out to those UM games yet, right? I don't know. I haven't been to a game yet this year, but okay. I didn't. sometimes they like Bam will go out there or a couple of like, yeah. A lot of those guys or... work out around on yeah. the facilities, right? Like Jimmy and Jimmy and Kyle stuff. actually were just working out last like right before the trip at UM, um, in one of the UM facilities because like Jimmy so, posted a video. It's kind of funny because like we're getting way sidetracked now, but it's funny because like their basketball facilities are like nice, but they're not like incredible. Like it's yeah. not like they're like Kentucky or. Duke or North Carolina, sure. like it's a tiny little arena with like I don't know, like pretty small facilities back there. It's funny that they. It's, it's, like probably, just a conven- it's probably just a convenience of it. I, yeah. I don't know exactly where Jimmy lives, but I think he lives like. Yeah, I mean, if you look down to like the Grove yeah. or uh, Eight Coral Gables, Gables obviously. Yeah. I think like everyone likes, and I think everyone likes Jim Laranega. Yes, Eric Spolstrom. Respects him so much. Just ask him about Coach Laranega and he'll spend five minutes talking yeah, about him. Yeah, he, 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 when I was at practice last, he, someone brought it up to him that he was getting the Hall of Fame and he was like, he was very pumped, of, or that he was yeah. up for the Hall of Fame. And yeah. Spo gave a good answer, just ranting about how good Laranega is. So, all right, uh, that's all the time we got. Anthony's got to head out to uh, Crypto.com Arena. Is that what it is? Staples Center. Arena? Staples Center. That's what I call yeah. it. It's like American Airlines Arena. Same yeah. Thing. Um, so yeah, be sure to follow him for the rest of this heat road trip. Listen to the heat check podcast every Thursday in your ears. Um, thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you guys next week.